the name of the true and living God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated, won't you? We've come to the third Sunday of Advent, and I, I pray that this Advent season has brought you an opportunity to, to go beneath the surface a little bit, as I strongly encourage you, light a candle, light a candle, spend some time just being with God. Today is the third Sunday, and it's Gaudete in Latin, Gaudete Sunday, which means rejoicing Sunday, as we think about what it means to know joy and to rejoice in the reality that God has come to us and continues to come to us and that we can know his presence always. Joy. I once heard Archbishop Tutu, uh, the Archbishop of Cape Town, South Africa, a land where there is incredible challenges and suffering like much of the world right now, even in our own United States, with the great tragedy of the tornadoes. We are aware of the fact that joy sometimes seems very, very challenging. This is what he said. We are fragile creatures, and it's from this weakness, not despite it, that we discover the possibility of true joy. What a remarkable statement that it's not in spite of the challenges and suffering and difficulties of the world, but rather because of them, that we discover something deep and profound, and that is that we can come to know a deeper, more enduring, more lasting, more unceasing, more unfading joy than mere superficial happiness. And that's what we mean by rejoicing. And so it's not incongruent for us, no matter what we are experiencing in our daily life this past week or ahead of us, we don't know the future, we have to let go of the past, but we can know a certain deep and profound well-being, a pervasive sense that all is well, and we call that joy. Well, we hear as well, and I want to zero in on this passage today from the Apostle Paul in the fourth chapter of his letter to the Philippians. This is a remarkable piece of scripture, one of the most beautiful, brilliant, and revelatory things that the Apostle Paul ever said. And I want to suggest to you that if you ever need a really good therapist, the Apostle Paul, uh, you can't get much better than him. I mean, he is so psychologically vibrant. And you see, this is the thing about Christianity. I want you to understand If it doesn't land in the reality of life, then what is it doing? It has to be psychologically real to you and vibrant to you. It's not just pretty words. And so the Apostle Paul makes this astonishing statement, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. How about that word always? What? Rejoice in the Lord always? What's he really talking about? Well, it's not the wheel of fortune, you know. This kind of wheel of life, you know. You're on top one day and you're on the bottom the next. He's not talking about the wheel of fortune. He's talking about the center of it all, which is unchanging. It's a presence of God. Joy is something which... 
regardless of the world's brokenness, we can come to know. Okay. So, around 1998, I was in Pasadena, California at Fuller Seminary, where I was working on my Doctor of Ministry degree. Because, I mean, let's face it, you know, a Doctor of Ministry degree sounds pretty powerful. And so I thought, that would be good on my resume. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. Well, not, so, not really, but anyway. But I took a class on a more psychologically oriented, a systems theory class on attachment theory. And, I, and maybe you know about attachment theory. It's a very profound psychological uh, kind of approach to behavioral issues and psychological issues in our, our lives. The basic idea being that God created us with an attachment system in our brains and in our soul. And so that when we are born and we come into the world, our caregivers, our parents, hopefully, begin to attune to us and to meet our needs as little children. You know, we need to be soothed. We need to be safe. We need to be secure. And so we cry out looking for joy, for that sense of well-being. And all of a sudden, our mom or our dad attunes to us and meets us in the midst of our distress. And we, we look at them and we form this loving bond of affection. And if we don't have that bond of affection, we can literally perish. And it was in that class that I came to understand that God is also one who wants us to have a loving attachment to him. God created us to be attached to be in an intimate relationship with him where we find true safety, true security, and true soothing, true well-being. Attachment theory. We were made for loving attachment. And this attachment can be secure or it can be insecure and anxious and avoidant. We don't have to raise our hands if I call out those categories and say, which one are you? But the idea being, if it's not secure, then even in our relationships as we grow up, we find difficulty with intimacy and connection with others. We might be avoidant or we just don't trust love. You know, I don't know about all that. Now, here's the deal. This Sunday is Rejoice Sunday, and from the Old Testament lesson, we hear these words. The Lord your God is in your midst. He's not far away. A mighty warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He exalts over you. He delights over you. He's singing a song over you. God is glad to be with you. He is your loving attachment. That's the point. God is delighted. He's overjoyed with you. This is coming from an Old Testament prophet revealing to us the heart and nature of God as someone who delights over who you are. He's wild about you. And you say, you know, I don't know, Rob. I don't know if God's wild about me. I, I don't know if he likes me. I'm not sure he'll ever really delight over me. You see, that's attachment issues going on. But you need to understand this is exactly how God looks at you. He created you for an attachment to him. And that's where true joy is found. So that's number one. God is in your midst. He's right here. And joy is relational. 
Here's a definition of joy. Joy is when someone is glad to be with you. You can't know joy all by yourself. Joy is a relational reality. And God is glad to be with you. And you say, that's heresy. I, I thought I just read that from scripture. See, God is the most joyful being in the universe. That's heresy. No, it's not. What do you want, a gloomy God? God is the most joyful being in the universe, not because he is unaware of the tragedy and brokenness and sinfulness and even rebellion of humanity. But God is joyful because he knows the end. God is joyful because he looks at his creation and he says, that's really good. It's really good. And he says that about you and about me. So I don't know where you are, but this attachment idea is, is a scientific idea, but it's matched up by the wisdom of Scripture. And I love it when science and the wisdom of Scripture interface and support one another. These are, how do I want to say it? These are powerful, powerful understandings about joy. Who has the most joy? Well, does a little boy playing with his dog and his little puppy in a field have joy? Yes, that little boy has joy. Or his father, who is off in the distance but still sees his son playing with his puppy and he's filled with joy, who has the most joy? You see, God has joy over you. Okay, point number two, and I've got to really roll along because I don't want to hold you too long. The Apostle Paul, when he says rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, what's he really showing us? He's saying shift your mind. Put your mind on God's joy. Put your mind on God's presence. He is not far from you. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness, let your security, your safety be made known, be evident. Why? The Lord is near you. He's with you. You never walk alone, as Bob Dole said. There was a great Taze chant. Taze is this dutiful ecumenical community in France. Hundreds and thousands of young people would come to learn how to pray. And there's a chant. I'm actually going to sing one line of it for you. I rarely sing at the pulpit. And that's usually a good thing. But anyway, but it's a beautiful chant. It brings joy to me. And it's based on Philippians chapter 4. And this is how it goes. In the Lord I'll be ever thankful. In the Lord I will rejoice. Look to God, do not be afraid. Lift up your voices, the Lord is near. Lift up your voices, the Lord is near. That's it. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. That's where the joy comes from. Don't be afraid. Don't evade life. Don't hide from life. That doesn't help. Don't ruminate on the negative. But put your mind on God. And he says, don't be anxious about anything. What? How do you do that, Paul? I'm anxious all day. 
Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. Prayer is the healing antidote to almost everything. He's saying, if you pray, if you find a contemplative way to be in God's presence, that just means be still, be quiet, be silent. In the Lord, he's near you. Your anxieties will begin to dissipate. I'm not saying they'll all go away, but you will handle them, and God will handle them with you. Put your mind on God. Be anxious for nothing. There was a, a movie in 2013 called Gravity, and it depicted life on earth as busy and loud and noisy, filled with agendas. And then it depicted space as silent, without sound, just quiet. And Dr. Ryan Nolan, towards a pivotal point in the movie, is dying and says, I would pray right now, but no one ever taught me how. So my heart is to help us understand that when our minds are ruminating, when we feel anxiety about our future, when we're worried, light a candle, be still, talk to God, let your request be made known to him, the Apostle Paul says, and then something's going to happen. And this is my last point. And the peace of God, not my peace, not your peace, the peace of God will what? It will guard you. It will guard your mind, your fusing mind, your, your no space in your mind, all your anxieties and worries. It will guard your mind and your emotions, your heart. The peace of God guards your mind and heart. It's a guarding that is coming to you and will hold you in Christ Jesus. So, we can grow in this, we can learn it, we can begin to experience it. It's the best therapy in the world. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money. This will be my concluding remark. I love the Celtic wisdom of Christianity. And there is a prayer called the guarding of God that captures this whole thing for me. I, I encourage you that you can look it up, but I'm going to read it and pray it over you. So together we are coming into God's presence. We're coming into his peace. We experience his joy of attachment, and then we listen to these words. The guarding of God. The guarding of the God of life be on you. The guarding of the loving Christ be on you. The guarding of the Holy Spirit be on you to aid and uphold you each night and day of your life. The guarding of God, the guarding of Christ, the guarding of the Holy Spirit be upon you. There is always joy. You always belong. You are always loved. You are deeply accepted by God. God will never leave you. Rejoice over that reality. Amen.